Wrestling Daft presents The Daft Sheets. Looks like hell throws over. And when I mean hell throws over, this is me back in the editor chair in the daft sheet with a live microphone at my chin. I don't mean the fact that apparently a Motherwell fan is universally loved by a Celtic fan. Okay, sorry, I had to. You guys know that, right? I've got to be me, right? And lately, I've been feeling a little bit more like myself since Saturday, which was a wrestling highlight for me. I'm trying to come up with the words and the language to explain to all of you exactly how I feel. And I've come to two words. I'm afraid to say them, honestly. It's not because they're not true. It's because of how true they actually are. It's a little bit daft and a little bit sheety. And not very KJ Jack, but I've changed. And once upon a time, a Northern Irish nightmare once taught me, as long as you speak from the heart, you cannot go, you cannot go wrong, because that is the truth. And this is the truth. I'm home. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's Daft Sheet, episode 20. Lads, we made it. We made it. <laughs> Don't know how. We have. We've made We're it to episode 20. Again. Yep. Look how far we've come, my baby, in the words of Shania Twain. <laughs> uh, this is the Daft Sheet, uh, episode 20, uh, which is pretty much going to be a CM Punk special. Uh, there, there's only one news story that doesn't involve QT Marshall this week. Uh, and that is the, the return of uh, CM Punk to the, the world wrestling entertainment. Uh, and to go through the, every beat uh, on, on the path that's brought him back to the Fed, uh, I have Steve Roach and Lewis McNaughton joining me this evening. Lads, how are these? Um, I'm, uh, I'm a bit apprehensive because... Um, as you can see my face, I feel very, very sheepish <laughs> because I can already feel the bite on my arse <laughs> after uh, what I said last week, saying, give it up, punk ink, coming back, yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, I'm feeling a bit uh, foolish today and I'm, uh, and I'm, uh, look, I'm, I'm apprehensive of the inevitable roasting I'm going to get from the two of you. <laughs> No, no, those for mind. I think we were all in that kind of that kind of willy won't he sort of vibe last week. Uh, Lewis, what about yourself? How are you feeling coming into this evening's show? I, I just can't believe we've been twenty. To be honest, the weeks have went quite quick as well. The weeks have went quite quick. I always almost remember that when I called Billy Bryan uh, two months ago. Uh, it still, <laughs> still plagues me in my nightmares every night. Um, but no, uh, Steve, I gave you a wee. Uh, we about a banter in the chat with CM Punk. I knew as soon as I listened to the show back and just heard you yeah. say that, and just went expert journalism from the dash sheet as per. Uh, but no, I even I was one of the biggest CM Punk uh, coming back sort of supporters, but even I didn't see it coming. You know, I think I think Survivor Series had a good sort of a good enough ending in terms of kind of making you forget that. Punk was coming, or maybe there was going to be someone after. So when it appeared, even though we like to think we're nice and informed, I woke up the whole house. So excited <laughs> to see. Exci- uh, <laughs> sorry, <mate. laughs> excited to see what. Yeah, yeah, excited, <laughs> excited to see what he does, and excited to see how long he lasts before uh, 
someone pisses him off with a sly dig in a promo and he can't hack it so <laughs> we're going to ride the train well that's what we're going to get into tonight uh, on tonight's show uh, we're, we're kind of going to follow the, the usual format of front page back page and page three and then a wee quiz at the end uh, but this week instead of looking at lots of different stuff we're going to look at the, the, the turn of CM Punk so the front page is obviously going to talk about uh, you know exactly what, what's happened in the last uh, couple of days with them uh, we'll all chip in on that uh, we're then going to have the back page where we look forward to some of the matches uh, that, uh, that Punk uh, could potentially be having uh, in this latest done and then page three we're going to we're going to guess the gossip we're going to guess the things that uh, that piss him off and cause all the drama that undoubtedly a lot of us want to see uh, happen now that the, the best in the world uh, has returned to the WWE uh, so we'll, we'll get cracking on we'll go to the we'll go to the front page and there's no, there's no avoiding the, the news CM Punk Phil Brooks uh, has returned to uh, World Wrestling Entertainment uh, at the end of Survivor Series the other night there uh, he came out and didn't, didn't say anything uh, just kind of uh, lapped up the acclaim of the, the fervent Chicago crowd after the, the, the War Games match uh, and then on Monday night uh, they all went commercial free for the first hour didn't put them on that instead they gave them eight minutes at the very end of the show uh, and we'll get into talking about that as well uh, so coming to you first on this one Steve what what was your immediate reaction to, to finding out that uh, the 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 second city saviour had had returned to to the, the place that made him sick. Uh, I, uh, I I was kind of I wouldn't say shocked, definitely surprised. Um, uh, I quickly kind of went on Instagram and and found a video of him. Uh, returning, you know, did he come out and attack anyone and did he do a, a promo um, I just I know it's not, it was just uh, he just appeared really, he did he, he did the, the, the Brian Danielson return just wearing a blank t-shirt um, which I, I don't know if that was in reference to, uh, to, to anything, turns out um, it wasn't um, yeah I didn't I, I think as we got closer to the Survivor Series you were hearing wee murmurings of things and I thought, maybe it's happening, maybe it's happening. I'm still very much in the camp of, no, he's not coming back, but um, there was like, there was talks of, of things. I do know in the pre-show, was it, that Sami Zayn had a promo with, or a, a skit with someone that uh, said that Randy Orton hasn't shown up yet and there was a there was a CM Punk chat, chat that went up and then I went to bed at that time thinking, all right, maybe he is coming. And then I, I decided, nah, he's not, and went to sleep. And that's when I got Lewis's message. <laughs> um, uh, going, holy fucking shit. I'm like, no way. <laughs> so I went on and then uh, it, it showed up. Um, no, look, I, I'm glad that he, he's back. I'm glad that we're, we're getting this. Um, it's confirmation now more than ever, uh, ever that we're in a hot streak. In wrestling, um, and I'm looking. I'm overall looking forward to see where this goes. I just wish 
Yeah, I, I, I just wish I didn't humiliate myself last week with those fucking comments. Oh, it was 50-50, really, wasn't it? <laughs> you were there going to be right or you were going to be right. Right. So don't, don't beat yourself up no, too much about it. You know, you don't need, don't need to be uh, beating yourself up as if you're Jack Perry and CM Punk at the same time. <laughs> uh, Lewis, what about you? Obviously, you were excited in the in the WhatsApp chat uh, at half half past four-ish on uh, on Sunday morning there. Uh, what, what was your kind of first thoughts when you when you heard the static and uh, and Chicago collectively got a hard on? It's probably the biggest. Um, it's probably the biggest shock I've had in in wrestling. I'd say maybe other than something like the streak or Jinder Mahal or something like that. Um, but it's one of those they did really well to conceal it, and I think over over the weeks, even I don't know whether the the dirt sheets or anything were pulling their leg as well, were being pretty pretty definite on the on the no camp of him coming back. But I it was just one of those oh my god when it happened. It wasn't. It was just. I couldn't stop looking at the the telly, and for the next for the next I'd say two days until maybe yesterday or so or Monday, I, I probably watched the CM Punk uh, return about a hundred times. I just every time I couldn't believe it. It just put a wee grin on my my face every time, and even better than that was watching the reactions of him coming back, and I think. Everyone's everyone's reaction was universal. There wasn't really a, a, a here he is sort of sort of vibe about it. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 excited. Um, I'm I'm ready to go. And like I said, in the, in the first first return he had in AEW, I'd imagine not many people thought that he was going to somehow fuck it up like he did. I don't think. Many people thought he was going to throw the toys at the pram like he did, but this time I, I fully can't see in what way he does throw those toys at the pram. Where what we say sometimes about WWE being a bit more uh, hierarchical in terms of this person tells this person tells this person, but yeah, I'm sure if anyone's going to be able to cause some chaos there and um, get some headlines. And be the front of the paper every week, then I'm sure CM Punk can do it. So, aye, ready for it. The reactions have been a, a massive thing for it. I, I, I was, uh, I had the the what culture watch along uh, playing uh, when I was watching Survivor Series last night, just to kind of keep myself awake throughout all, all of it. And the the way that uh, Adam Wilborn and, and Michael Hamflit reacted, like it was. And again, when you see like some of the ones from like Inside All State Arena and some of the other like Twitch streamers and TikTokers and all that sort of stuff, they're celebrating it like it's you know a last minute winner in the World Cup final. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that kind of jubilation. It's it's the shock of it. It's the it's the feeling that it was coming, but not quite believing it. Uh, it was just it seems to have been like a, just this universal. Holy shit! Moment. I mean, like, I, I, I wasn't like vocal or anything like that, but I was. I, my mouth, my, my jaw dropped open, and just the biggest shit-eating grin that I think I've had in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. The wrestling just spread over my face uh, for about four minutes. It's a uh, reminder, Chris, that wrestling is quite possibly the best uh, piece of entertainment going 
in terms of like how I mean, name some name something else that can do that. Like in terms of Jonathan Obika in the eighty ninth minute at Parkhead on Saturday was was pretty close, I would say. That's a fucking yellow card. Um, <laughs> um, right, well, uh, I, I, what I mean is, is like something that you never thought was ever going to happen happens. Do you know what I mean? It's like uh, meeting my yeah, dad, okay, something like that. Football's brilliant. Aye, you know. Well, I, I think it's a, it's a reminder that it's it's in terms of something that's universally loved and, and it provides beautiful moments like that there's there's few other forms of entertainment that can do that I mean Kai, Kai Havertz scored on Saturday so you know that was something that was never ever going to happen so I didn't think that could be top for the day and then big man came back are you, are you just going to are you still just going to shit and say anything <laughs> <laughs> it's a special it's a Sean Steve special for the 20th episode as a, it's, a, it's a roasted oats special <laughs> Um, no, nah, it, it it was a, a beautiful, beautiful um, moment, and I think it does probably go into the the top three, doesn't it? In terms of um, markout moments or, or super pop moments, I think the I came in my mind was thinking, like, what are the kind of top three or four or five? I think Edge's return to the Rumble just before the pandemic is one of them. Another one was maybe. When Hogan turned heel in '96, Hardy Boys at WrestleMania. Just things you never thought you would you would see happen. Hardy Boys at WrestleMania is a kind of good one as well. I, I guess I guess the the, the punk the, the punk return to AEW in 2021s in that one mm. as well. So it's it's yeah it's it's one of the old timers in terms of pops and and reaction and the actual. Whole wrestling world collectively shouting "Holy fucking shit!" all at once. See, as much as I had the, that "Holy shit!" the action, it was nowhere near. It, it didn't make me feel anything anywhere near as much as the first dance did. Uh-huh. And like, uh-huh. I, I get, uh-huh. I get that, I get that there's probably more importance delayed to him returning to the WWE because of everything that happened, you know, the podcast, everything like that. There's probably a lot more significance in him going back to the WWE and a, a lot more involved in it. But the the way that the, the first dance was done, it's the best thing AEW have ever done. And the way that that all came together, like that 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 had proper... Like it, it made, I don't want to say it made me emotional, it it struck a, a completely different chord to what Saturday did. And I think with, with this, and, I, and I've said it in tweets, I've said it on here before, I'm excited to see him back, but not in the same way as I was, because when it came to the first dance, we didn't know how fit he was, what condition he was, how well he could go. And throughout his run, on the mic, he was untouchable. Uh, character work, he was untouchable, but his in-ring wasn't great for a lot of the time in his AEW run and that's my biggest fear uh, in, uh, in this is that uh, when it comes to to going you know in, in the matches that he's, he's going to have is, it, is he still going to have that that luster uh, that uh, they seemed to fall off him uh, when he was in AEW no it's a good point I think there may be um, the other thing uh, I'm going to go see <coughs> 
No, I was, oh, was going to say this is that there's one kind of I, I, I do I, I, I pretty much feel the exact same way uh, you do because as much as I, I, I love seeing him back in WWE, there's a wee bit of um, I think the word's trepidation about it. Is he doing this to spite people? Uh, because there was a brilliant, brilliant tweet I saw about about it. They said, saying when he debuted in AEW, it felt like he was doing it out of love of wrestling. This WWE term feels like he's doing it out of spite. Is it? Is this a way of kind of? Is he trying to middle finger Tony Khan in AEW? Is he trying to do this to just stir shit? Um, you know what? what Mate, time. I mean, we've we've got to let time be the judge of it. But what form of CM Punk are we going to get here? Are we going to get the CM Punk that we all love and we all want to uh, cheer for, or are we going to get the CM Punk, the 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 disruptor, the shit stirrer, the uh, the guy that creates all the drama backstage? Well, that kind of takes us on to. From going from the, the end of Survivor Series to the end of Raw on Monday night, uh, when he yeah. came out and he, he cut his first promo, Lewis, uh, what what was your uh, what was your thoughts on that that first first uh, live mic setting uh, for Punk uh, on Raw? There, I think I'm potentially going to have a different opinion to a lot of people here. I was seeing a lot of people say that they've they've stayed up for that and they've heard this or that, but I think he came out and. Maybe he told the company line a little bit, but I think he said exactly what he needed to say in quite a succinct way without causing any bother to anyone backstage, without having any unnecessary digs towards AEW or whoever. But basically came out, said, yeah, a lot of shit's happened in my past. I've said a few things. I've done a few more things. However, I finally feel like I can be back here, be myself, and I'm ready to be the best in the world again. A couple of slide digs towards Seth Rollins, all he really needed to do, and then sort of finish it off by saying, um, again, I'm, I'm ready to go. I don't care whose toes I step on, sort of kayfabe-wise. Um, I don't care if anyone's pissed off that I'm here. I'm here to do my job, and I'm here to make money. So fucking bring it on. I think that's all he really needs to say anymore. And I think you, you give him too much mic time, he sort of steers himself down a dead end or a sort of dark alley with what he's going to say. But I think giving him five, six minutes to see what he needs to say, keep him sort of on script a little bit and uh, set up any sort of hype or maybe potential feuds that he can do with as little words as possible, I think that they've done it perfectly. So might be on the... On the the minority of that, but yeah, I'm I'm fairly happy with how it went. And what about yourself, Steve? I found it a bit sterilised. I found it a bit, a little bit tame in a way. But like, you can't expect them to come back and hit the. You know, hit the the pipe bomb levels that he, he dropped in twenty eleven, or uh, have this absolute shoot from the hip moment where he just goes after everybody that pissed him off the past two years. Um, 
you know, I think as well, Triple H probably got a hold of him and said, look, tonight I just need you to please just be on your best behaviour and follow script here. I promise you later down the line, I'll give you a wee bit of airtime to just uh, let it all out and just, um, you know, fire shots at whoever you want. But tonight, just please uh, keep it, you know, keep it, for lack of a better term, clean, keep it uh, to the company line and then we'll do something uh, further down the line. Um, So I was a wee bit disappointed that you can't really expect them to, to come out and just immediately, you know, set the world up, world alight. Um, I have also heard, and I don't know, I don't know if you've heard it as well. Apparently, the Randy Orton and uh, Dominic Mysterio match ran a few minutes later, and this apparently led to Punk's uh, segment being cut by about three or four minutes. So there was probably huh. other stuff he was going to, he was going to say. I, I know that everybody, as you've said there, Steve, everybody was saying, you know, they they were kind of hoping it was going to, you know, set the set the world on fire, break the internet with what it was going to say. But going by uh, something that uh, Tony Khan said in an interview when he was asked about CM Punk turning up in WWE, Khan said, legally, I can't say anything about it. That leads me to think uh-huh. that there's, there's some kind of non-disparagement uh, thing uh, that's going on with, with with all of this, and that that's that's possibly why you know there's uh, there wasn't a. Uh, you're talking about you're, you're talking about two parties that can afford the best lawyers. Money came by, and I probably both of them have said, look, for the media future, you just need to stay silent. Yeah, um, especially with with the stuff that that went on, and there'll be NDAs all over the place on the thing. There will be, uh, and I think that's probably wise because, and again, from a, a business point of view, it probably buries AEW more if Punk doesn't mention them. You know, if, everybody's kind of expecting yeah. them to, you know, maybe have a, a couple of digs at the box or, or you know, talk about brawl out <clears throat> or anything like that, or maybe even allude to uh, the, you know, the, the Jack Perry stuff. But if he ste- yeah. if he steers away from that, then, you know, it's not putting any eyes on AEW. It's not making anybody speculate about it. So I reckon, I reckon that there's definitely... I reckon there's definitely something... There's something there that stops them from doing that. And to be honest, I don't really want to see him doing that. You know, if he's going back to... I, I get that when he went when he started off in AEW, he had to explain why he came back, why he went away. And he's done all that. He doesn't. He, he's came back and you know, in that promo that he cut at the end of the, he pretty much said, you know, I'm, I'm here to make money. I'm not here to make friends, you know. And that's that 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 was the only bit of the promo to me that felt like CM Punk. I didn't I didn't think that anything that he said before that, like that the, the wee bit a parody did at the start of the show, and the, the bit after that about you know the the fans chanting his name and uh, what was it. Uh, uh, you you chant. What was it? Uh, you made you made me feel wanted when I didn't feel that myself, or something like that. Uh, no, I, 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 I think he was just referring to the fact that I was away all this time and you were still chanting my name. Yeah, no, um, I, I just I wasn't feeling it at all. I just wasn't wasn't feeling. You you look that kind of promo, that that kind of come, that that homecoming promo 
we know that he can cut that kind of thing. We know that he can talk that kind of thing, and we know that he can do it better than than what he did. Uh, and maybe it was stymied by the time factor. Maybe it was a case of Triple H saying to him, "Look, nobody's bigger than the company here. Uh, so we're only giving you eight minutes, including your entrance for this. Go and go and say what you can in that time." <laughs> but I just think that which is smart by Triple H. Yep, yeah, it is. It's, it's very it's smart. By Triple H, it's, uh, he, he lets the guy know that yeah, he's changing uh, uh, and my great heart can have you back, but uh, I need to remind you, you know, you don't you don't get any more um, preferential preferential treatment compared to anybody else does. You know, you will be treated the same way as I, the, the way I treat Cody Rhodes, the way I treat Seth Rollins, the way I treat Drew McIntyre. You know, you don't get any preferential treatment. I think as well, WWE, they're the grown-up pr- promotion. They also, you know, they they want their they want their core fan base ignorant as possible. They want you to believe they are the only wrestling company on the planet. You know, the less AEW is mentioned, the better. Yep. And I think you're right, Chris. The, you know, uh, uh, it, it will it will hurt AEW more if WWE just ignores them and CM Punk treats. Yeah, treats them as if they never happened. Yeah, I think that's uh, I, I think that's the the way forward, and it means that that Punk can can close that chapter. He can have closure on it as well, where he's not having to, yeah. where he's not constantly going back to it. Uh, you mentioned there uh, a couple of the a couple of names like you know he's no different to a Seth Rollins to do McIntyre, and obviously cut with him coming out at the end of War Games. When the emotions were high, and everybody seen the Seth Rollins video and McIntyre storming away, Lewis, do you think that those the actions from the guys that were in the ring at the time? Do you think there's been a wee bit of them going into business for themselves, so that you know the anger that they've shown to his return is is immediately trying to set up feud because they know where the money is. Yeah, I think that obviously whether Seth Rollins has been. <sighs> Sort of setting up an angle for the last two, three, four years. He's been, he's been quite a big. Um, I'd say not admirer of CM Punk's work and his uh, personality and the way he left and the way he treats wrestling as a whole. Um, which I think, in in reality, that is probably true. What Seth Rollins feels, but I think they've been sort of a, a work shoot. They want to. They want to make it as believable as possible, so sort of turn your anger up to eleven and let's get a feud started with Seth Rollins. Um, on the on the sort of promo stuff, quick way he's in terms of him bringing up AEW. I think it's I think WWE using an AEW names maybe only used by Sami Zayn once a couple of years ago just to sort of uh, let everyone know about the elephant in the room. You know, what I mean, I don't think I think they. They want to just erase anything from AEW. However, AEW being the second promotion to WWE in terms of um, viewership and everything, they want to let everyone know they've got those WWE guys. You know, this guy that we've got now was in WWE, yeah. paint us with the same brush as them. So I think CM Punk coming in uh, just the way he did um, and setting up these feuds with Rollins and everything. I, the, the bit where uh, the anger of McIntyre as well. Um, I think that's probably probably true in terms of I think he's finally 
every time he nearly gets to the top, someone takes his place, or someone's just above him. You know, uh, as soon as he gets to Clash at the Castle, you've got kind of eyes on Cody Rhodes. They're wanting uh, Drew to be the um, sort of placeholder for the time being until Cody gets a shot and then now that he's kind of getting into the main event against Seth Rollins um, you're adding someone else into the mix that automatically takes that match yeah. away from him um, so behind the curtain I think there could be a, a couple of uh, pissed off people in the back Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins in particular um, however I think the way he's come in in terms of seems to be quite friendly, quite lively, quite upbeat Um willing to fall in line um, I feel like that's only going to create magic in the ring magic on the mic and I think that they've, they have played well into the the anger that exists anyway to sort of portray that on the screen so I, I think as long as they keep tweeting about each other um, sh- shooting, work shooting on each other as much as possible. As long as CM Punk and No Blows Rag were a couple of sort of loose comments Seth Rollins might make or something, um, I think they can go all in with this anger sort of angle and yeah, get get some money out of it. Smashing. Now, before we, we move on to the, the back page and talk about these kind of matches that, that you've alluded to there, Lewis, uh, we'll give a headline for the front page. Uh, and just a very simple one. Look in my eyes. What do you see? CM Punk back in the E. Uh, so that'll be our front page. So uh, we'll go to the back page and look forward to some of the matchups uh, that we can expect and kind of speculate about uh, for CM Punk's uh, the term. Uh So wh- which one of you was it that was going to go all in on that? I was going to take the matches. Cool. Um, no worries, Lewis. Well, you, you've mentioned you've mentioned McIntyre and Rollins. There, they seem to be the kind of the most obvious. But which other uh, which other matches would you say uh, would be uh, B level pay per view PLE uh, headline worthy? I think that whether they're pay per view worthy or whether they're just used as, as a tool to, I think using using matches as a tool to sort of reintroduce CM Punk to to the fold and to sort of solidify and let people know that he still has wrestling ability, still has promo ability, still can hang with everyone. I think just put him in a variety of matches against different sort of styles. So I think having a a match with Chad Gable, showing his technical ability, has he still got that? Whether Gable pulls him through a match or whatever, um, <clears throat> I think locking up with Gable, um, showing his vast range of UFC uh, takedown skills that we've seen in his two uh, <laughs> questionable questionable fights, if you can call them that. Um, something like that, and then maybe in a feud with someone like The Miz. Um, I know everyone feuds with The Miz, but just That'd to prove tasty. that he's better than the best at promos, you know, reintroduce himself uh, mm. to maybe even the new fans that have not seen him in nine years. Uh, who is this guy? Oh, he's brilliant on the mic. He's still got it. Um, and then maybe more in terms of pay-per-view matches I'd love to see him back in the ring with Brock Lesnar um, I'd love to see him in the ring with Gunther mostly just I think, so I think Gunther's probably the one that I'm, I would be most excited about just to see how, how they mesh together 
Yeah, just to see a few people want to see him. Red raw in the chest area as well, sort of um, paying for the sins that he's he's committed in the last two, three, <laughs> nine years that he's been away. Um, so I think those matches will be good. And then why not throw him in a a match with Seth Rollins and make it instead of just this fight we're going to get, make it a a pure brawl, you know, uh, a blood war. Give him a hardcore match, something like that, where people respect him, you know, people respect him a bit more in the back for going all out with it, not being safe, not doing this, not doing that. Just all these matches that can garner sort of respect and um, a bit more admiration for him as a performer than all the news headlines he's been getting outside of the ring. Let's try and make make the headlines that he gets inside the ring and inside the business rather than the the shit that he can get. And just to throw one in as well, I think have him in a feud against Grayson Waller and just have Grayson Waller wind him up for a month on Twitter, just 24-7 wind him up just as a test to see if he can keep the head for a month straight, wind him up about everything possible um, and then see, well, this is your testing period, Punk. If you cannot bite to this guy in a month, uh he can keep getting paid by us and keep a job. So I think matches like that would be good. And then, <laughs> um, build towards WrestleMania or something, if you can't get a match with Seth Rollins or can't get a match with whoever, um, bring in Okada. All out, bring in Okada and just go, we are the cream of the crop. Uh, there's been murmurings about him coming back. We're the cream of the crop. Your biggest AEW star mm. wants to come here. Your biggest NGPW. Yeah, Okada's got elite links. Ah, uh, he does. He does. Okada's um, got what? He's got a links to the elite. Mm-hmm. Um, so even better, even better. Throw him in. Um, have him come out on Raw next week and challenge Hangman Adam Page again. Um, just say it right, Adam Page. You want your title match coming now, um, like he did. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think, I think you can't really look past Seth Rollins, and there has been. There has been pointings and news reportings towards Roman Reigns as well. So how they get there, I have no idea. But yeah, loads, loads of, loads of matches. You could pick anyone out of a hat, I reckon, and CM Punk could have a half decent match with them if he gets ring ready. So, or at least a decent sort of segment with them. There's one that you've not mentioned. That I'm surprised at. And this one's got gold written all over it because this has got a, a worky shoot angle to it as well. Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be good. Because um, I, I would argue Owens, uh, not not nearly the same scale, but Owens in a way took over the CM Punk role for a while, the kind of voice of the voiceless role, the, the kind of, you know, the, the disruptor role, the one that went above the authority mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. role, but also... There's a there's also evidence that they don't like each other in uh, behind the scenes as well uh, because do you know how the the stuff with Coke Cabana started? Mm, what the it all started the fallout? Yeah, it started because Cabana was seen having lunch once with Owens, Sami Zayn, and Pac. Then Neville and Punk message Cabana saying, 
what you're doing, you, you shouldn't be fraternising with the enemy. This was shortly after the, the podcast that they did about mm. the doctor. Mm, right. Um, it was really weird by 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 punk standards that you know that you know it's, it's classic punk. You know, do as I say, not as I do, kind of mm. uh, thing. And I think Owens probably was thinking, who the fuck does he think he is telling his so-called mates who he can he can't spend time with? Um, and I, I think it was another one like back in the indie days that that kind of had clashes with with punk as well so there's a, a worky shoot angle there and I think the promos for that one would be dynamite as well leading up to it and I think the matches may not be classics but they would, they would, they would definitely be worth it I think so they'd I be very similar Kevin Owens is one I'd, I'd love to see my kids they'd be, be a very similar feel to that as the the punk Eddie Kingston feud I think uh-huh. No, very that, that would be the, the WWE equivalent of the, yeah. the Kingston food. Yeah. And plus as well, you know, Owens is, is very tight with the, with the Bucks as well. So I'd imagine there's, there's kind of... Aye, there's that. There's right, that, so say, yeah. get elite, elite kind of connections and all. No, there's something you mentioned there that I think would be... puts a quite interesting spin on stuff as well. So regardless of who it is that Punk goes up against, uh, you know, he, he goes for these topi that, uh, that failed him so many times in AEW, hurts himself... <laughs> and there's Doctor the Man at the inside. Where where Z Pack? He's ready with his Z Pack just to, to to fix him. That that's the feud that I want to see. <laughs> uh, we we've spoke there about obviously the the matchups and the the competitors that you want to see Punk go against. But in terms of match types or, or events, is he going in the rumble? And if he is going in the rumble, is he winning it? Or is that? Cody's look to, to finish in this story or this, is Punk going to supersede that in the Rumble? It's so hard. Uh, I don't think he just comes in and Triple H says, yep, we're making him the Rumble uh, winner. Especially if, if it's already chosen who, who was going to win the, uh, the Rumble. I don't think they're going to upend everything just for one guy, no matter who it is. So if Cody's still destined to win the Rumble, I think they're going to stick with that. Um, they've got the backup as well of the Elimination Chamber. As, as far as we know, the the Elimination Chamber won't be a title match. It'll be a, a route where the Rumble winner will face Roman for the, the title and the, the Chamber winner will face Seth for the other title. Mm-hmm. So they've got that, that option to take. Um, I could see them triggering it and say fuck it let's do Punk Roman now at the Rumble so it's one of the big four pay-per-views mm. it's a guaranteed ticket sale it's a guaranteed uh, it's a, a guaranteed you know box office match you know let's, let's, let's just, just say fuck it and, and go and, and do it they can always <coughs> you know do some I, I don't think Punk would, would win the title but you know, it's a Roman match. What always happens in Roman matches? The the bloodline interfere and cost his opponent the the match, and then you know, punks get good good grounds for a rematch later down the line. I think that in terms of um, things like that, I think I I whether if CM Punk is marked in to face Seth Rollins for the world heavyweight title, um. 
and if it gets a lot more clearer towards WrestleMania, then there is no doubt in my mind that Cody Rhodes is winning the Royal Rumble. Um, if it looks like Seth Rollins, uh, uh, sorry, CM Punk might be going down a different route for WrestleMania, i.e., someone not for the title, not Seth Rollins, maybe he faces Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble and then goes on to someone different, then I think Gunther wins the Royal Rumble. I don't know if that's um, a bit too soon for him to drop the IC title, but I think if you if you ask WWE their booking plans about two weeks ago, before CM Punk was even in the fold, I think the two main events of WrestleMania were Cody versus Roman and Seth versus Gunther. Uh, would be my opinion. Mm. However, I think that yeah, I think that the the two now have surely got to be CM Punk Rollins and um, Gunther. Uh, sorry, CM Punk Rollins and Cody Roman. So you've got CM Punk and Cody winning the Rumble and getting through the Elimination Chamber. So I really pick your pick your choice. Who wins what? I think that's what we're setting at right now, in my opinion. And just just finally on this one, you know, we, we've mentioned, you know, if it goes to the Rumble, is that going to lead to WrestleMania? Mentioned the Elimination Chamber, which is happening in Australia as well. Is it going to clown Joel? Is he gonna? Is he gonna be that much of a hypocrite uh, that mm-hmm. well, that he, he sucks the he sucks the Saudi dick for the the blood money? Yeah, there you go. But there's there's the this is see this is the bit the, this is what I'm talking about where there seems to be some disingenuity disingenuity with the whole thing. You know, if he shows up at a crown jewel. After that infamous tweet he made, he's made himself look the biggest hypocrite in the world. I mean, let's be honest, he is an enormous hypocrite. You know, the guy's the the guy is a classic do do as I say, not as I do type person. But that that would be the the ultimate one. And you could you know you could almost feel the awkwardness in the air if we were to see him shopping crown jewel. And if he is going to be the champion eventually, he's going to have to do it, isn't he? The Saudi the Saudi group are going to say, "No, if he's your champ, we want him here. We want him have. We want him in the main event uh, in a marquee match." Um, so you know, don't we get his ass over here? And you know, look, I, I know at the same time if if, if, if hypocrisy was a crime, we'd all be serving triple life sentences. I get that, um, and you know, you've got to swallow your pride and you know. Uh, you know, do business sometimes, even if you if you don't like like it. But it would be nice to see someone stick to their guns uh, for once. And you know, if if Punk shows up in a in a Saudi show, I would be well, a enormously disappointed in him, but uh, b also feel vindicated about what I've said about him in the past. Yeah, it's so that'd be a very range, mixed range of emotions for me if that would happen. As we discussed in the in the WhatsApp chat, you know the the ideal the turn promo for him, in my opinion, would have been him coming out and just owning being a hypocrite. You know, the the line, you know, I'm here to make money, not make friends, or I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money, kind of thing. That I think that should have been the lead in that the turn promo, and it just says to everybody, look, you want a payday, I'm your payday, kind of thing, and the biggest payday of all that he's going to get. Isn't the rumble? Isn't mania? It's 
is, is going to count Joel. Uh, so I, I think I think it might piss off a lot of fans if he does go to Crown Jewel. You know, I think I think it is gonna especially after everything he was saying about the Miz uh, sucking the, the Saudi dick and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh but it's gonna be the really interesting come. Imagine imagine the trans the transgender community would feel, Chris. Yep. Yep, all those like causes all that, that he supports. The t-shirts he's wore, the, the banners he's held, and then the, those you know, guys like that well, fuck you, your dick, I thought you were on our side. Yep. But again, we we don't know. I mean, we, we don't know what his his genuine philanthropic uh, nature is. There might be a clause in his contract where he doesn't have to work these matches. Uh, there might be a thing where he agrees that if he does work them, his fee goes to, you know, trans charities or, you know, all those kind of things. We we, we don't know. And it'd be good if there was something but like he's that. Still, but, but he's still there having to, yeah. you know, fly that that company flag. Hmm. There was actually, there was a real good bit on the, the last Botchamania where it was all the the WWE ones talking about how good like Saudi Airways is or something like that. It was like an advert <laughs> for it. Uh, but it was intercut with all the, the tales from like Dax Harwood and uh, Carl Anderson about the time they get held hostage trying to get, <laughs> trying to get out of the head. <laughs> uh, so it was quite good. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's the, the fights that, that are potential on the cards, the matches that are on the cards, and the events that are on the cards. Uh, it's something that we're all going to look forward to. I mean, I'm again. I, I said, you know, I'm not too fussed about the matches that he has uh, coming back because uh, there's there's few there's there's a few first time matches that kind of catch my Gunter. I think is the the one that that would pop for the most. Kevin Owens as well. Uh, I think would be that, but uh, I think. You know, on on the the basis that he goes after Rollins first, that'll be a good litmus test as to uh, the the type of CM Punk we're going to see in the Fed. So, so yeah, it, there, there is excitement there. It just maybe not as much for my end as as it might be for others. Uh, and the headline that we're going to go for for the back page is Punk will see them all at some point. Uh, so we'll go there. Uh, now, no centre fold this week. Uh, purely because I am dying with a cold and I couldn't get an interview uh, sorted. Uh, so we'll just jump straight to page three, which is uh, the most titillating bits of gossip. Now, this is where we're going to surmise uh, as to the kind of drama that uh, the returning CM Punk is going to to bring uh, to Gorilla, to catering, to backstage, to whatever uh, he wants to do it. So, Steve, what, what do you think... Uh, is going to be the, the, the thing that, that sort of keeps him in the headlines when he's not doing the, the ending stuff. Well, I thought about some scenarios um, that could cause, cause him to, uh, you know, fly off the rag a wee bit. Um, I, I think one occasion is he faces Drew McIntyre um, in a Raw main event and they have a really good match um, and, you know, they shake hands at the end of it backstage you know, they see each other, good match, brother. Um, yeah, good match. And then Drew says to Punk, what you, what drink you having? <laughs> and then Punk flies off the rack and says, what the fuck did you just say? And I, says, I said, what drink you have? I was like, you know what, straight edge, right? And then uh, he glasses him. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> he glasses him. Another one is that... Um, 
uh, he he sees Betty Lynch with uh, Rue in hand and he chats away at her and uh, and he says to Rue and says um uh, he says to Rue says like how would you like how would you ha- like to have a daddy with some real money? And then that pisses Seth Seth off and then they have a they have a brawl uh, with that one. And then another one Are these are these kayfabe ideas, ideas or like legit like general the old world ones you're, <laughs> you're coming over here? Nah, that's obviously kayfabe. I mean it's I mean it ain't gonna happen, but then with, with punk you just never know, you just never never know. Um another one is is that um it's the start the it's the Stanley Cup final. It's the Chicago Blackhawks against the Montreal Canadiens, um, and the the Canadiens win three uh, two in the final player uh, in the final match of the series, and out of spite, uh, Punk just goes up and chokes out both uh, Sami Zayn and, and uh, Kevin Owens because because now he hates uh, he now hates French Canadians. That, that, that that's probably the most uh, realistic one. Uh, I reckon you know when you bring sports teams into it, that's. This thing is it, it's a weird one with the sports stuff because like <clears throat> they try and do it when they come to the UK, try and wind folk up about their sports teams. But because like you've got you know Liverpool fans in Belfast and London and, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you don't nearly get that kind of that that you know not patriotism but that that regional sporting mentality that they, they seem to I love. Think, I think I heard the. Uh... Zach Gibson talked about this this before because he had that whole Liverpool fan gimmick in NXT UK. Um, and he says, like, when I went over to America, they just didn't get it. They, they, just, they legit thought people in in uh, Liverpool walk around with a, a red scarf. They think it's like a, a fashion choice kind of uh, thing. They just, it's just something that just totally goes goes over their heads. But you're right, Joe, Chris, it's, like, it's so difficult to do because... Well, a, we're a much smaller country, so we're all compact and mixed in with each other. Like if you try to go to Glasgow and cut up a, a promo about Celtic Rangers, it's just going to create confusion because Aye. half the, the crowd's going to pop for it, the other half's going to boo you out the, the building. Um, so I, it's, it's, it's pointless doing it in, in the UK. The, the, um, the, first, uh, WWE, the first WWE show I went to, uh, was at Brayhead and it was when the Spirit Squad and all that were about so it must have been about 2006, 2007 and uh, Ric Flair and Roddy Piper came out with half and half Rangers and Celtic scarves it's <laughs> like Jesus I, think I was at that as well I, like they're going what are you doing you like, and they, they actually get booed for that and, mm. and they were looking confused they were like what the fuck we're, we're winning both your sports teams <laughs> <laughs> it's like no that's like, like you, you may as well have that's like voting Tory in Glasgow. Like you're actually safer being a, a Tory voter than uh, wearing the the half and half kit. <laughs> uh, but I think, in all seriousness, mate, I don't want them to be drama. I really don't. I want Plum to have a good. I don't know how long his contract is. I'm assuming three years. That's I've read three years. I standard now. Aye, so I want them to have a good. Three years where where Evans remember fondly both in and in and outside the ring. There probably will be drama early on. I just hope it's not to anywhere near the levels that that got to that got to happen in, in AEW. I'm confident that WWE is a much internally a much better run company than AEW. Um, Triple H is a much more stern figure than Tony Khan. 
I think if any of that shit goes down, he's, well, let's say him and Seth Rollins do have a, an altercation, he's going to grab them both by the neck, says you two in my office right now, and he's going to be in full headmaster mode. He, he will he will say one or both of them, right, this shit happens again, I don't give a fuck how much money you make for this company, you're going, hmm. you can take that shit to Tony Khan, where, it, where that pish belongs. Here, um, here you, are a, you are a professional, and if you're not going to be one, you're fucking out the door. So I, I, I trust that it won't happen. Do you think, you know, like, at, at this moment in time, you would trust that a lot of, if there is to be any aggro, it would all be punks doing, you know, because people have got this, this opinion of them, that kind of thing? Inevitably, yes. But, but Inevitably, yes. Do, do you think that, you know, at some point, you know, him and Cody will cross paths? Do you think that, you know, if anybody else from AEW jumps ship and comes across... Could could you see there being that kind of tension there? You know, like for example, if if that you know there was the bit for the longest time there was talk that Ricky Starks, for example, was going to come across, and then you know basically the whole punk stuff uh, after all in fucked him out of a main event on all out, you know, and they had to kind of like reposition him and build him up. Uh, build them back up again. Do you, do you think that there is that scope that anyone that comes over from from Jacksonville is uh, is potentially going to put the cat amongst the pigeons with them? It's, it's possible. I, I, it depends who it is. Like Ricky Starks. I don't think that would happen because I think Ricky Starks, first of all, would do very well in WWE. They're the, he has the sort of he has the type of uh, guy they want. He, I, I actually see him. Almost as a, a WWE type guy, he's he's got the WWE look, style, and and you know feel um, of it. And I think is I think as well, Punk lights Starks. I mean, he worked with them. They had a good solid program with each other. He even put him over in a match. Now that's how much CM Punk thought highly of him. So I don't think that he would be an issue if it's an elite guy. No, then, then then we're talking because um, unless time really is the healer, people believe it is, that's going to get toxic very quickly <coughs> because Punk is not the kind of guy that, that forgets. Um, it doesn't seem to be the guy that really forgives either. And I think if, if Hangman Page or uh, both of the Bucks were eventually, you know, on the paper at WWE... I think the first chance he gets, he's doing something mm. uh, because it's it's not healed. They had a whole year to, to heal that rift. It didn't happen. I, I mostly blame Tony Khan for it, um, but it's just clear that they, they they'll never be in good term, terms again. Um, I think that, uh, of the people, I think that CM Punk would maybe want to see from AEW and WWE. I think. Perhaps Hobbs, perhaps Hobbs is one. Seemed to get on well with him. Obviously, FTR, they're his, they're his pals. Um, Starks, as we mentioned, um, I'd imagine as well. He's still. Um, he would try to get Miro and. Yeah, well, that's. <coughs> I, I think he's probably got a job, isn't he? He's probably got something for him. Maybe enough somewhere. Yeah, uh, signed. You said there, Steve, about uh, how uh, Punk uh, is clear that he, he, he doesn't uh, forget, he maybe forgives, but he doesn't forget. 
we we kind of touched on it jokingly a wee bit earlier, but the 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 doctor shaped elephant in the room, Chris a man, yeah, it's it's still it's still there. Lewis, do you think that that is potentially an issue? The fact that someone who was slandered was taken to the court was libelled on the that wrestling podcast nine years ago. Do you think that enough time has passed that that's not going to be an issue? Uh, come, you know, as I said earlier on, you know, if if Punk gets injured or if something similar happens, do you think that that beef is is going to get squashed with uh, a man? Yes, um, a man. I'm pretty sure a man's gone, isn't he? No, he's still there. Huh? He's, he's still there. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, yes, I'm sure there was a visual of him from World Games. But he's I still think he retired. I, I've read something still. that he retired in towards the end of 2022. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but if he is there, then I think I think that would have been a, a big fucking stumbling block uh, in terms of him coming back. I don't think. I think in the fragile state that he's in now with his body breaking it every two seconds by the looks of it um, I think that him having to see that doctor would bring more and more chaos to that locker room so whether he's got his own private doctor or whether he's got something else to keep him away from I think that's part of the deal yeah surely um, I think that's part of the deal I, I, I don't think yeah, he'd, I, think I think all the trust gone from a man anyway Surely, you might be right. By the way, you might be I right. Think, you might be away. Uh, I don't know. I just think it. I, I think it'd be funny as fuck. But, even, but even d- if he's not, I, I think I think Punk was part of his contract dealings. Who said, "I want to, I want to be allowed to see my own doctor, my first mm. instance for, for treatment of any injury or mm-hmm. potential surgery." Yep, hundred percent. Right. The, the, the last, the last, uh, the last thing I'm going to pose to you is on this one here that is. So we we spoke about the you know, the, the potential drama and stuff like that. But the a positive bit of speculation that we can we can maybe surmise from this is AJ coming back. Because he, he mentioned he mentioned her in his promo the other night there about how she's doing nearly well. Do you think that the the pathway is is clear for, for AJ to return if she's fit enough to do I so? I thought she had a because of an injury. I thought her neck was Knackered or something. But so was Brian, so was Edges, so was uh, I know, but Pages. Like, but she, no offense to her, but she, she hadn't had, she didn't have the durability mm. of a Brian Danielson or, or an Edge, you know, like, she was like a wee five foot nothing girl that had a cheerleading background or something, you know, she didn't have that. That durability and and, and let's not forget she came from a different era. She was still from the divas era. Mm. Like um, very, I mean, women's wrestling has advanced enormously since since then. Like their their work right their work right now pretty much matches the intensity of, of the men, the men's especially in WWE. I would I would feel very nervous if I saw her in a ring with Bianca Belair or Rhea Ripley. Getting picked up for a Death Valley driver or something like that, I would be <laughs> scared almost to see what what might happen to her. I think well, you've I mean, got your, your thirtieth uh, uh, in uh, normal. Anyway, put it that way. In heels. Aye. Oh. 
That could be. I, I suppose like a wee rumble appearance. We like can't a wee we'll... nostalgia thing would be fine, but not full run. No, would you need to? No, it's, it's it's interesting, and again, it's 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 all part of that speculation there, isn't it? Uh, hmm. So I uh, I think for the for Pasty this week, the headline is going to be what did I write down? Pipe bombs or pipe dreams of peace from punk. Uh, is what I'm going to go for on that. Yes. Uh, so, uh, we're going to go on to the quiz portion of it because everybody loves the quiz. Uh, on this, it's, it's the, the highest rated segment uh, every week uh, on, on the podcast. And we should put it on start then. <laughs> we should do, we should do. Maybe bump it into the, into the first quarter there. Uh, <clears throat> but we've done, we've done enough yakking about CM Punk, so it's not a Punk specific uh, quiz this week, but to celebrate it being uh, our twentieth episode, there's a there's a twenty kind of theme to it. You're going to get twenty seconds to to give uh, give an answer here. So what I've got in front of me here is the WWE Encyclopedia of Superstars, which I got for Christmas back in 2018. I think it was. Uh, it's a it's a bit warped from being in my bathroom because uh, I, I, I would regularly read it while taking a shit. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you to give me a number between one and four hundred. Then I'm going to pick a superstar or superstars if they're a tag team uh, from here. I'm going to read a passage from it. And then you're going to have 20 seconds to tell me who I'm talking about. Okay. So okay. we'll do uh, we'll do three each. So that'll be six. Uh, so, Steve, you are uh, on my, my, my closest side here. So give me a number between one and 400, please. 67. 67, page 67. Would you believe I opened at page 67 right away there? <laughs> I'd be lying. Because you knew I was going to say 67. No, it was 49. It was 49. I opened that. Oh. Uh, 67. Jeez, you missed a check there. You could have said there was actually 55. <laughs> right, 67. So, I'm going to read the passage, right? And then uh, I'm going to give you uh, 20 seconds uh, to give me the, the answer here, okay? So, uh, there's 1, 2, 3, 4... Uh, people on here. Uh, I'll give you number two. Okay, so the passage here says, as champion, this champion helped establish the strength of the women's division with thrilling victories over the likes of Bailey, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks. Charlotte Flair. I've not started the timer yet. Uh she added more gold to her trophy case when she forced Divas champion Nikki Bella to tap at Night of Champions 2015. So uh, your 20 seconds will start after this wee sting. It's not playing. Why is it not playing? Uh, oh, fuck that up. Hang on. Here we go. Right. Uh... Time's up, no points. Oh, oh. oh, this is shite because I had some really good... <laughs> I hate this thing. I hate it. Uh, I had some really good... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, sound effects lined up. Why is that not working? I've, I've, I've pressed live, so it should be playing. 
I want. Uh, was it meant to be the countdown theme? No, no, it was better than that. Ah, fuck's sake. Right, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll give you 20 seconds starting now to name that person. Um, it's got to be Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair's correct. have <laughs> got 18 that. seconds to After fix that, that now before Jesus. the timer runs out. Jesus Christ, why is that me doing all working? I, I swear to God, the other side, you are the bane of my fucking existence. Right, uh, you know what I've done? I've done on the edit. Uh, no, no, it's, it's, I can't be arsed. Right, uh, a number between <laughs> 1 and 400, please. Uh, 201. 201. 201 live. Uh, da, 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 201. 201. This could be a good one. This could be a good one. Okay. Uh, oh, you've got some quite hard ones here, mate. I'm not going right. to lie. Uh... In fact, I'll go, I'll go for 200. I'll go for page 200, okay? I go on, mate. So, your clue is, a graduate of Stuart's Dungeon, this wrestler first made waves in Canada, Japan, Germany, and the Middle East before they arrived in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, where he was part of a team called the Phil Seekers. And your 20 seconds starts now. The fact I'm slightly young uh, is fucking me over right now, mate. Uh, it's 10 seconds away Thrill Seekers should be easy I, I couldn't tell you who's in the 5 heart, 4 oh, 3 2 1 Oh unfortunately not Unfortunately not Steve do you want to hazard a guess here? Over. Yep Yep it's Chris Jericho Nope You're wrong It was Lance Storm You were 50-50 on that there oh. Steve You were 50-50 Who were the four on the uh, 201 Just to see if I've been shafted here uh, Lanny Poffo, <laughs> Larry Sharp, Larry the Axe Hennig, Larry Zabisco, and Lauren Mayhew. Who the fuck are three of them? Whatever that is. Yep. So, back to you, Steve. One of them's cut Hennig's dad, one's Randy, Randy Savage's brother. And then you had Larry Sharp and Larry Zabisco. Oh, Larry uh, Poffo. Right. Larry Sharp, I imagine. Aye. Right, Steve, well, that's, that's, well, that's Randy's brother. Hmm. Yep. Right, pick, pick, pick a number, Steve. Uh, let's go 313. 313. Everybody from the 313. 313. Raise your hands and listen to me. Oh, there might only be one in this page, actually. Oh, no, there's not. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, this, this one's quite a toughie, but not as tough as the last one. So, your uh, thing here, it says, uh, before he found his brash voice, this wrestler first made a name for himself in the Universal Wrestling Federation. Trained by Dominic DiNucci, he showcased an exciting high-flying style with a tough-as-nails-never-say-die attitude that made him popular. Uh, His refusal to run with an extinguished torch in turn ignited a new flame in ECW. And your 20 seconds starts now. God, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, well, UWF, that was Texas. 
the only Texan Ten guy seconds. Um, that I remember in ECW is Terry Funk, but I don't think that's right. Uh, no, you've got three seconds to guess again. Uh, no, time's up. I don't know. Uh, Shane Douglas. No, Shane Douglas. Shit. Shane Douglas. Right, Lewis. Should have said, like, whiny, whiny, greeting face, duck sheep bitch who hates Shawn Michaels and Triple H and is a fucking mark for himself. Doesn't he say that That's in the book, mate? Doesn't he say that in the book? Right, Lewis. Um, I'll go for um, Number. The, the amount of rows and tellings off CM Punk will likely get in the next three years of his WWE contract. Um, 171. 171. Uh, oh, 171, 174. 171. Uh, okay, Oh, there's a couple of great ones on here. Uh, okay, in August 2006, this newcomer appeared on SmackDown and showed he's not the one to ask where to find good Chinese food. With a fusion of martial arts and good old-fashioned southern rough housing, this wrestler became one of the premier cruiserweights in the world. And your 20 seconds starts now. Jimmy Wang Yang. In with a bullet. In with a bullet. Jimmy Wang Yang. God. That's what you call uh, Bad 2006 yep. Smackdown knowledge. Yep. Good bit of uh, reverse stereotyping. We've got a Chinese man. Yeah, we'll make him a cowboy. That's what I was, trying, that's to, I was trying to piece those together. I was trying to piece those together. The it was the Chinese man with a bit of southern in him. Hey Steve, your last pick. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go with the Leonardo DiCaprio rule twenty-four. 24 oh it's going to be it's going to be someday it's going to be someday there's a clue it's going to be a human uh, oh th- th- these are quite hard ones because th- this is like at the start of the book so this is like AWA uh, stuff do you want to roll again? oh fuck do you want to roll again? no fuck I want to challenge myself let's do it alright okay so uh uh, in the AWA he was a four time champion as well as a three time tag titleist after Vern Gagne no other competitor was as closely associated with the AWA and your 20 seconds starts now Nick Buckwinkle boom there you go there you go yeah. uh, he, his signature move was a pile driver sleeper Oh no, a pile driver and a sleeper. A pile driver sleeper would be immense. <laughs> just drop a guy, drop, yeah, drop a guy in his head and then choke him out. It? Unless it's in AEW yep. and you do a flat. I'm fairly sure he. Hey, he I am fairly sure that Rick Flair said he was the one wrestler he regarded as better than him. Hmm, that's, that's a quite the accolade. I am the smartest wrestler alive, he frequently bragged. Uh, right, Lewis, yep. to tie the game at two apiece, uh, give me a number, please, between one and 400. Um, 382. 
It's not Sting! Uh, 3-8-2. Oh, okay. Right. 3-8-3. There's two, there's two team... No, no, 3-8-2. Stick with it. Right, cool. So, there's two teams on this page. Do you want the first one or the second one? Uh, First one. Okay. Uh, Uh, Let's see... If there's something here, Ba-ba-ba. in fact, you know it's too it's too easy that first one. You got a Charlotte, but do you want what? You got a Charlotte. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think because okay, uh, okay, make, make it easy. Make it make it a tie and go at a tiebreaker. Make it interesting. Uh, hang on. So when Eric Bischoff, the company's president and announcer, expressed his displeasure. Someone something them off the entrance area. Fans knew they were supposed to jeer this type of bedlam, but instead they were titillated by it. Long-time WCW stars vowed to extinguish the fire, but this group seemed unstoppable. It's a group. Some might say a faction or a stable. That put... um... Eric Bischoff off a stage. Bischoff. Yeah. The Wolf Park. <laughs> no. Just give him it. Just give him it because it is technically them. Well, do, you, do you want to go for the second team? Outsiders. Outsiders. The outsiders is who it is. Yep. The outsiders. Right, so, like, so, I got a couple of right. seconds left in there still. Oh. Right, so the I, I forgot all about the timing thing there, uh, but that's fine. Right, what I'm going to do because it's a tie break now, I'm going to pick somebody here, and he's going to take it in terms to guess who it is by the titles that they held. So it's going to be someone that's that's held titles. Uh, so here we are. Here we are. In fact, uh, <clears throat> so the first title that this person held, or it mentions on here, is World Heavyweight. Shout out, so we'll, we'll take it in turn. So it'll be you, you first to guess, uh, Steve, and then Lewis, and right. we'll take it turn about. So, uh, World Heavyweight Champion. Just need guest names, do I? Uh, yeah, we're talking about the 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 world heavyweight title. Yeah. The the, the one that the, the one that started with the Triple H in a terror. Ah, the, the the SmackDown one, the SmackDown one, essentially. Right. right. Okay. Uh, Batista. No. Lewis, he's also an IC champion, Intercontinental champion. Edge. No. Steve, he's also an ECW champion. I know it. Fuck's sake. And I'm sure I was going to say this one before. So, world champion. 
These aren't in any order. No, it's just the accolades that he's he's won. Still twenty seconds, is it? Ah, you've got five seconds left, Steve. Four, oh, three, um, two. Christian, unbelievable, mate! Unbelievable! It's everybody's favourite <laughs> dead dad, better Christian. Uh, I fucking said Edge as well. He's also a. Yep, yep. I knew it. I know, you were so close, mate. Uh, Christian, according to this book, uh, was a World Heavyweight Champion, Intercontinental, ECW, European Champion, oh. Hardcore Champion, Tag Team Title Holder, and a Light Heavyweight Champion as well in his time. I was going to say Punk as well, <coughs> I thought, I, I, I was really going to end it with Punk. I had, I I had the Jack Swagger in my Jeez. head as well. I don't know if he was an Intercontinental title. Older, but I had Jack Swagger in my head. Uh, he's been US champion, but I don't know if he was, he was thinking. Uh, but yeah, congratulations, Steve. You have won. And Lewis. Streak is unlucky, over. Mate. Unlucky. The streak is over. The streak is over. Uh, so yeah, uh, what I was planning doing, I had uh, I had some sound effects there, so I was going to like start everything off with, it's clapper than time. And then when, when uh, the time ran out, it was going to be, uh, you're now the time, uh, or uh, your time is up uh, from that. But uh, it was your day's work, was it? Getting, all them. It was. It genuinely was <laughs> going through YouTubeConverter.com trying to get them pulled. Alas, it was not to be. But episode twenty, that is our app uh, on episode twenty of the Daft Sheet. Thank you for all your support for the last twenty episodes. Uh, here's to 20 more, fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully at some point in the next couple of weeks there'll be a main show. I'm not going to do the, the Patreon and Discord plug because I know that it really, really fucks people off in <laughs> uh, the Discord uh, <laughs> uh, asking for your money when there's very little coming. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, hopefully this last hour and 20 minutes is, has filled that wrestling daft main show void uh, if we were going to do a quick TV pages, I would just like to say the, the new series of Two Doors Down, which is why we are on air and Grado isn't, uh, is very good. Uh, I watched it all the other night there. Some, some very good bits in it. And uh, the Scots. And the Scots as well, we mentioned that last week. Both both of them are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't listen to Falkirk Daft because Falkirk are shite. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. Do listen to Clyde One Super Scoreboard, which John now produces. Yep. If you like hearing Celtic Celtic dads moan about Brendan Rodgers. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I enjoy hearing the Celtic dads moan on it, but I can't help but feeling that they give a lot of time. Like Celtic fans in particular give a lot of time to a show uh, that's got a theme tune that sounds like it should be getting played in the twelfth. Um, <laughs> like you can totally imagine it being played in flutes and drums. It is, it is. It's got a sectarian ring to it. It's, it's very, very staunch. It's very staunch. Uh, but yeah, uh, however you enjoy this week's podcast all about CM Punk, however you enjoy any of the wrestling that's coming up this week, uh, make sure to keep it daft and keep it shitty. Cheers, lads. Oh, and I can't even do the fucking play out, but I'm going to have to go in and edit this. Cheerio. <laughs> uh, <laughs>